We hope you enjoy this tag preaching recorded at Equipus Church in Eden. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. James, if you wouldn't mind, could you just turn those ones down a little bit? That'd be great. We're not live streaming tonight. Don't need to be lit up like a Christmas tree. Oh, I'm, I'm excited. Christmas is coming. <laughs> it's good. Well, well, tonight is uh, going to be great. I already love tag preaching, um, but th- this is a sort of a strategic tag preach because the three people that we've got to come and minister and preach to us tonight uh, all went on the trip to India. And so I said to them, this is not a highlights reel, by the way, you're up there to preach. Uh, so they may use some insights and some photos or, or uh, I don't know what they're going to do um, from India, and they might share some of the stories as well. Uh, but, you know, before, before they get up, I want to just share uh, how, the, how the trip went for me. Is that all right? That's great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, currently running on, I'm not sure. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> And if, uh, but uh, God, God is so good. I, I said this morning, my highlight really, always my highlight is just watching what God does and the people that are on the team. I love, I love the fact that we get to go and connect with our, our friends in India, Pastor Banu and Dina and Abraham and other people and the leaders up there. And, and, uh, we, and, and the strength of that relationship is growing stronger and stronger and stronger every year. And it's, it's just great. And um Really starting to build, build quite a strong connection of encouragement there and just faith to believe for one another. And it's all good, but I love watching our team um, grow. And, I, and, and there's some massive highlights uh, of every single person that went on the team. Um, for those who don't know, uh, we had um, Jason, Hannah, Nicole, um, Lorna, and Margaret, and me from Dunedin. And then we had Pastor Tico, and we had Pastor James from Wanganui. We also had a girl called Amy from Porirua, and a girl Helen from the North Shore. And so that made up the team. And, and, you know, I knew most of the guys from here. I know James and Tico, but I didn't know who Amy and Helen were. But it was great that they just slotted in, and God used them and used their gifts. And, and just see, see where they were on their stage in their Christian life, and, and just seeing God do amazing things in them. I, I do think my personal highlight, though, out of the whole trip is, um, uh, is Lorna. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's a lady that's older than 60, and uh, <laughs> I've learned a lot of respect for Lorna over the last 10 days. Um, uh, but, you know, there was, there was an ad when I was a little bit younger called the Energizer Bunny. Anyone remember the Energizer Bunny? It keeps going and going and going. Uh, well, Lorna is, is the Energizer Bunny. Um, and, uh, and, you know, just, and just talking to her, and she had personal revelation and breakthrough on the trip as well, which was awesome. But um, I, I loved her comment always was, oh, it's just the joy of the Lord. I'm just so happy to be here. And, and just, just to see how God used her in an amazing, amazing way. In fact, I reckon we may we have to get you up and just, you, you have to share your story one, uh, like your David and Goliath story at some stage. But um, maybe next week, next week, we'll get it. But it was just amazing um, how, how, how God forms a team of people and, 
and we all just come together and and uh, you know on a trip like that you just never really know how it's going to go but you just trust in God and and I'm like okay I just I just said to everyone before we go just you just need to learn how to say your testimony in 5 minutes cuz that gets to 10 minutes by translation so everyone did that and then every morning would say okay we're going to be doing this we're going to be doing this who wants to do it that was pretty much the preparation we had <laughs> It's like we got we got generally most most days we'd be speaking for over six hours on leadership or heartbeats or doing something, and the team just put their hand up and it was great. Um, and so tonight you're going to hear from three of them, which is going to be awesome. I'm trying to look for one of them. Oh. So first up we're going to have Jake. No. <laughs> no, uh, we, we have the uh, amazing, and I spent my entire time trying to convince Hannah not to leave at the end of, at the, end of, the, at the, end of the year, um, primarily because uh, we know what we'll lose, um, but the call and the grace and the gift of God that is on Hannah's life uh, is, is phenomenal, and when she got up and she started sharing and teaching, I was, I, was, I was very much blown away. Um, and I know tonight what she has prepared and what she's laid on her heart is going to be awesome. Um, but I still think you should stay in the need next year. <laughs> but uh, come on, can we welcome Hannah tonight? Come on, jump to your feet. Hi. Oh, that's loud. You can, you can sit down. How are we doing? We're good? All right. I'm just going to preface this by saying, again, I normally talk to kids, so if I start doing weird actions, just roll with it, all right? Just pretend it's all good. Um, so I've got a couple of things I want to talk to you um, about tonight. I've got um, a scripture, which is always good, and then I've got two stories, and then we'll just land it after that. So hang in with me, and we'll see how we go. So my title tonight is called um, To Come and To Go, and the scripture we've got is... Um, Matthew 28, 18 to 20, which might come up. Um, and if you've been around church for a while, you've probably heard this scripture. This is um, Jesus talking to his disciples. Um, it's after the resurrection. It's kind of the last thing he says to them in Matthew. It's the end of Matthew. Um, and I'll just read it. This is what it says. <laughs> we'll just keep reading. Um, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments I have given you. And be sure of this, that I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Um, so as Pastor said, I have the privilege of going to India. And I think for me, one of the um, absolute highlights is we got to meet this little girl. She was about yay high. I think she was nine, and I didn't actually catch her name. Um, but she's one of these people that I've met, and she's just going to, like, stick with me forever. Um, she lived in a slum, and at the, this moment, her parents weren't able to afford to send her to school. And so she'd been to school, and this year, um, like, stuff happened. It just wasn't going to happen. So where she went is they've got little community schools set up, and so they bring the kids in, they teach them ABC, one, two, three, how to colour, how to hold a pencil, they teach them to pray, they teach them about Jesus. Um, and it's just an idea is to get kids up to a level that they can go to school and they'll be able to keep up. They won't get there and be like, oh, I'm, I'm not smart enough to be here. And it's, re it's really cool. And so this girl, she came along with her. She had an older brother and a younger brother. 
Um, and while she was there, she, and I'm, I have no idea how this even happens, but that's how she found Jesus, and that's how she decided to give her life to him. Um, and so she took that home. She taught that to her brothers. She taught that to her sister. Um, they prayed for her dad. Her dad had been struggling with alcoholism, and so he was healed. Um, he was able to hold down a job. Um, and so she was able to transfer that family. And we had the privilege of going into their house. Their house, there's five of them living in their house. It's probably like that size of the stage, maybe, might be slightly smaller. Um, and it was just really eye-opening, and the family was so loving. They were so kind, um, and they were so welcoming. And it was, yeah, it was just really, really cool. Um, and so I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about the scripture. We're called to go out to mission. It says to go to all the world. Um, and for us, we're very privileged. Um, I was anyway. I got to go to all the world. India is a very long way away if you're not born in India. Um, <laughs> um, that's really long, like it's a long way. And you might be up here and you'll be like, yeah, I want to go out into all the world. I want to change the world. Um, but right now, I don't, I might not have the finances. I might not have the time. I have kids. I have a job. I don't want to drop everything and go out into all of the world. Um, and I was just thinking, well, that's not what we're called to do. Like mission is amazing. Mission is good. But Jesus doesn't tell us, drop everything you know, drop everything you've um, created, all your relationships, all your friendships, and just leave it. Um, the word to go in the original translation, it doesn't mean leave. It means to go as in to go about your daily life, as your comings and your going, what you're doing. So this is going into your work. This is going into your family. This is going in with your friends. Um, and again, you might be like, okay, that's cool. I'm happy. I'll go out. I'll change my world for Jesus. But I'm, I'm not trained. I'm not taught. I don't know the words to say. Maybe I'm not allowed to say that in my workplace. Maybe I'm not allowed to say that in my school. Um, and so my second story for you today is um, one from my own life. When I first moved to Dunedin, I had a really good group of friends. Um, there's about 12 of us. Yeah, we'll round it up to 12. 12 is a good number. Um, there's about 12 of us, and when we sort of became a group, there were two, um, two hardcore, hardcore Christians. They were living their life. They were going all out for God. The rest of us, we knew God. We'd heard the stories, and we were kind of like, we were here. We were like, cool. But watching them, I was like, I want what they've got. Teach me how to do that. Teach me how to be like you. And so my friends never preached at me. They never said, oh, you can't do this. You shouldn't do this. You can't say that. They just showed me. They just loved me. And they corrected me, and we'd have conversations about it but they were just going about their daily lives. I was just the people in their lives. I was their mission field. Um, and so that changed my life. And out of the 12 of us, I think eight of us are now in church. Um, and the other like four we've got promises for, we know it's gonna happen, we're just waiting. And so what I thought was really cool is, so these two people, they were just going out, they were working in their mission field. And from their mission field, now there's eight of us, and we're going out into our mission fields. We're going out into our worlds. And the thing is, and you've probably heard this before, but it is so true, is that the people who are in my world, you won't be able to reach the way I can reach. But the people who are in your life, I can't reach the way that you can reach. Yeah, so that's really cool. Um, so just coming back to our scripture, again, you might be like, that's really cool. But again, I don't have the language. I don't have the training. But it says here, Jesus says, I have been given all authority. He's been given all authority and that authority he's passing on to you. And so you don't need to have the language. You don't need to have the words. You don't need to preach at people. All you need to do is love them. All you need to do is be yourself. Because that joy that's already in you, that love that's already in you, that's what people are looking for and that's what will, like, that's what where salvation comes from. 
Um, and so, yeah, my encouragement to you is, yeah, we're going out into all your worlds. And that might be near, that might be far, that might be down the road, that might be the person in the dorm room down the hall from you. Um, it doesn't matter. All that matters is that you go out and you just love. And I've learned um, in my own life, there are like, you know, you have your ones in the shoes, the people you keep praying for, the people you keep being like, God, like, I want to see them in church. Um, something I learned is I would be, I was praying for them and I was like, God, I want to see these people in church. I want to see their salvations. Um, let me be your hands and feet. Righty, righty, right. Now that's a good prayer. There's nothing wrong with it, but it wasn't very specific. And then I'd get very annoyed when it didn't happen. I was like, God, like I'm here, you're not using me. Um, and God was like, well, <laughs> maybe that's not my plan just yet. And so I changed my prayers and I said, hey God, all right, Give me a moment today to love this person. Give me a moment to show them that they matter, that I will love them unconditionally. And there's no way I, in my humanity, can love them unconditionally. Um, and so that's where God comes in and that's where he's gracious and that's where he's good. Um, yeah, and so yeah, just to, to land out, I just wanna say, I encourage you that the people in your world are your missions fields. Um, they're the ones we're called to, to come, they're the ones that we're called to talk to, the ones we're called to love. And through that love, that's where the salvation comes from. And then my final thought is just simply that when you're in those moments, when you're in those conversations, if you don't have the words, that's okay. You have the spirit and that's all you need. Jesus says, I'll be with you until the end of the age. That's all inclusive. Everything's included. Awesome. Can we give Hannah one more hand? So the takeaway I got from that is you don't go, you, you stay. Did, did anyone else get that? I reckon there's a little bit of practice what you preach. No. no. All right. Okay, I will, I'll, I'm, no, I'm not going to give up. Right. <laughs> uh, very good. Oh, man, awesome, eh? So good, so good. You always, sometimes you just find out things that are just way too late. Way too late, way too late. Oh, anyway, next up we have the amazing Nicole. And uh, so come on, let's put our hands together. Welcome her. Stand, jump to your feet. Thank you. Hello, church. How are we all tonight? Good, good. Just, um, wow, Hannah, great job. It was amazing. Um, all right, so I've got a message tonight that um, is along the same lines as Hannah's, um, just a little bit different. Mine, um, I've titled, Let It Be Love. Let it be love that drives you. Let it be love that, um, that inspires you. Let it be love that helps us change the world. And I, um, I woke up with this um, Māori proverb in my head this morning saying, he tangata, he tangata, he tangata. It, it's the people, it's the people, it's the people. <laughs> and, um, and, <laughs> um, and this is just something that the last week and a half in India, I have been struck by um, 
the way that they love people, the way that they do community, the way that um, they have a heart for people, um, and the way that they just truly love every single person, no matter what. If you're in their community, you are loved. If you're part of the, the community in which they are living in, everything is open to you, the house is open, um, everything is for you to come and be a part of. And it just really, the, the love your neighbor scripture just like hit me smack in the face, like love your neighbor. Do I truly love every single person that God puts in my world? Do I truly love every single person that walks through the doors um, at youth ministry, at, at church? Like, do I meet people with the thought that I'm gonna love you no matter what? And so I've been thinking about this book that we're reading as a church and, and this whole idea of there must be more and created on purpose for purpose. We are created on purpose for a purpose. We've been created on purpose. We're not a mistake and, and you're not here tonight by mistake. You are here because it's God ordained and God anointed and God appointed. Um, and so once you know whose you are and what you're connected to, there should be a drive within us to see our world changed, to see the world around us changed. The, the thing that Pastor Will always says is, go and win your world for Jesus. Go and win your world for Jesus. That is our mission. If you're like, I don't know what my mission is, your mission is to win your world for Jesus. Your mission is to go out there and love people. That's how we win people for Jesus is by loving them. And so this week I've been reading um, a scripture in Matthew, um, Matthew 14, um, and we, most of us will know it as um, the feeding of the 5,000, but the, um, there's just a couple of scriptures I want to just bring our attention to. In Matthew 14, 12, it says this. So this is just before the feeding of the 5,000. It says, later, John's disciples came um, for his body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus what had happened. As soon as Jesus heard this, the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and they followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and healed the sick. And I've been thinking about this piece of scripture and the fact that Jesus' best friend, one of his great friends, had just been killed. And so he gets in a boat to grieve this person and he gets to the other side and sees a big crowd of people. And I thought, wow, what would my response be? Would my response be, do you know what just happened in my life? I can't give you anything, there's nothing left. Or would your response be that of Jesus and you get out of the boat and you're like, hey, I've got compassion. I'll heal your sick. I will love you no matter what. No matter what's going on in my world, I'll love you. And I saw that, that struck me. What would my response be? Jesus saw the crowd and had compassion on them and then he healed the sick. And then at the end of the day, so they've, they've been ministering to over 5,000, it says men and then plus women and children. So over 5,000 people they've been ministering to all day and the disciples went up to Jesus and they're like, hey, it's getting late. We've got no food here. Send them away. And Jesus said, you feed them. <laughs> and then they, they pointed out, the disciples pointed out to Jesus, um, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. How are we gonna feed 5,000 people? And Jesus just said, bring it to me. He blessed it and then he handed it out. They fed the, all of the people there. And then in Matthew 14, 22, it says this. Immediately after this, Jesus 
insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. While he sent the people home. There were people in that crowd that were waiting to touch Jesus. There were people in that crowd that were waiting to, to get close enough to Jesus just to, just to get their miracle, just to get their, uh, their moment with God. And, and Jesus was, was humble enough to say, you know what, disciples, you get in the boat. It's been a hard day for you. And I'll let the people go. I will let the people go. And you imagine letting like, you know, 15,000 people go, it wouldn't have been just like, right, everybody go. You would have had to break it into sections. You would have had to do it. So you've, you're actually meeting with every group of people before they leave. He would have, he would have in my mind, he would have gone and, and been like, hey, bless you, now leave, you know? And in an orderly fashion, let's get this crowd moving. And um. And I just am like blown away by the fact that, that Jesus was so motivated by love, so motivated by the people that were waiting to have a moment with him. And then, then I think about the disciples and they were so discerned, so concerned about their rest and that the fact that the plan had changed. They were going there to rest, not to minister. They were going to the other side, not to, not to have to work, but they were going to the other side to grieve somebody that they'd lost. And their first response was, oh, send them away. And Jesus' response is, no, let's love them. He's motivated by love. His mission and our mission is to love people, to see people, to stop and be with people. No matter what's going on in our world, we need to learn what it is to stop in a moment and say, hey, what can I do for you? How can I love you in this moment? What is it that you need in this moment? To stop and be with people and to love people. Our job isn't to convince people, as Hannah was saying. Our job is not to convince people that they need Jesus. Our job is to show them Jesus. Our job is to show them love. Our job is to show people what it is to have the Lord in our lives. Our job is to win our world for Jesus. And so in India, I, I had lots of moments that were mind-blowing, and I've just picked a couple to just share, share really quickly. There was this one story that really touched me. We were in this jungle. Um, it was mind-blowing to be in a jungle preaching the gospel in a, in a jungle um, with, with a community of people. There would have been about 100 people in this church just there on like a Wednesday morning, like just all there ready to hear. And the story of how this community came to know Christ was one that I was just like, what? Crazy. So what happened was um, Pastor Binu's brother actually came to this particular area and he went into the community just because he wanted to share the love of Jesus. He wanted to know the people that were living in this jungle. He wanted to meet with them and, and to talk with them. And so he went into this community and he was telling the leaders of this community all about Jesus. And they were like, you know what, we've got a daughter. Currently she's naked living in the, um, in the jungle. She's, she's so far gone from her mind that, that nobody can talk to her, nobody can do anything for her, nobody can help her. She's out there just living. She was like 15 and, and she just, she's, she's lost. They were like, you know what, if your God is real, if he can get her back, if she can put clothes on and be a normal human, we will believe that your God is real. And so what he did was he went and got some other pastors <laughs> and then he went back and he came and he got this girl out of the bush and they prayed for her and she was healed and she was set free and, and she, she put on clothes and, and God moved in that community and, and now they've seen like uh, almost the entire community saved. 
just because they went into that community with the pure goal to love them, the pure goal to share the love of God in that community. And then I was talking with Pastor Dina um, about how it was that they ended up in Kolkata because they're from like the south of India, so they don't even know the language there. They speak in English um, because they can't speak the, lo- the, the local tongue, or they couldn't. And, um, and so 12 years ago, they, they went on a word from God to go to Kolkata City, just move there, be there. And so they, they, they heard God, they went, and they moved there. And, um, and what they did was they started out just going under bridges and hanging out with people getting to know people, getting to meet people because they knew nobody. They had no friends and they were like, you know what? We're here because God asked us to be here and we love people. So let's go find some people to love. And so what they did was they birthed a community, they birthed a church, they birthed schools in this particular community because they were sitting there and they're like, nobody's educated here. Let's educate them. This is something we can do. And what they did was they started a program and from that then they've started a church and, and they now have like 50 staff, something ridiculous, and they've got like a church and it's 12 years later, all because they went on a word from God to go and love some people that they didn't know. And we're not all called to go into, like Hannah was saying, to go on crazy wild adventures like that. But there's a world that only you can reach that is in your world. And in in the book it says, the book that we're reading, it says this line that um, there is gonna be some people that you meet and you are the only person who's gonna be able to share Jesus with them. You might be the one and only person in their entire lifetime that they get to encounter Jesus through. That's a mission. That is a mission to be, to be loving people everywhere we go, to be forever like holding up the banner of Jesus is real, Jesus is alive. Let's love him and pray and love always. The Bible says the greatest of these is love. So just as Jesus saw the people, let's stop and see the people. Who's in your world? The crowd of 5,000 or the ones and twos? Pastor Sam, I think, says this, hurt people, hurt people, loved people, love people, restored people, restore people. Do what has been done to you. Go and love people. Show people the love of Christ. It will be bubbling out of you, the wellspring of life. So John 4 and 4. John 4, 14 and Romans 15, 13 talks about the bubbling, the bubbling out of you. Jesus is bubbling out of you. As soon as you've encountered the love of Christ, you can't actually hide that. It's not being able to be contained. It's something that is forever flowing out of you. So these are the things that we have to take into all the world. You have these things to take into your world. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 talks about um, the fruit of the Spirit, the the joy, the love, the peace, the kindness, patience, forbearance, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. These are the things that set us apart from the rest of the world. This is the things that we have to go and show people that we love them. These are the things that we have to go to take into the world to be like, hey, you know, there's another way to do this thing called life. So you can reach people. You've just got to stop to see them. Thanks for listening. You know, I really, uh, yeah, um, there's a theme coming through of this whole month and about loving people. And, you know, that story about that, that girl in the jungle, um, 
Nicole did a great job sharing the story, but she, I think there's just one important fact that I want to add to it, was that they prayed for her for over three and a half hours. Because that's love. That's because, like what we talked about this morning, time. If, you're, if we're really going to, if we're going to influence our world, it's going to take your time. And I think, you know, I'm challenged. Man, I don't know if I would have stayed for three and a half hours praying for that person. But would we? You know, if that was her only answer. You know, and so, yeah, I just think, you know, man, and, and, and that story about how God has now used that girl and the whole community. And we went and stood in a half-built church. Half-built church. And I asked, I was like, how much is it going to cost to finish this thing off? And they were like, oh, about 200,000 mark. Something, or, or two, or what? I don't know how they use their money thing. But it, it effectively, it was about 5,000 New Zealand dollars. It's pretty amazing what can happen over there. It's awesome. You know, and, and Hannah's story as well about um, the young girl that was uh, in education. We asked them, I was like, oh, how much is it for, for education to go, for her to go to school? It was 5,000 rupees, $110 for the year. They didn't have it. You know, I just think, man, I, I, it's, you know, we are the answer. We are the answer if we're going to love people. Amen? Cool. Man, isn't it going good? It's going good. Well, we've got the amazing Jason. Now, before Jason gets up tonight, Jason, Jason was awesome on, uh, on the missions trip. But um, I just want to tell you a little story uh, before he gets up. We're, we're in this jungle, and um, we're talking to Pastor Arjun, and, and, and we've been preaching, and we've been hearing these firecrackers go off. We're like, what's going on around this light? They're like, Where's, who's not here? Because it looks like I'm lighting firecrackers just over here. And all this, so but we just keep preaching. But afterwards, he, the Pastor Arjun gets up and goes, oh, sorry about the firecrackers. We were just um, uh, uh, scaring off an elephant. Uh, because elephants individually are very dangerous if they're in a if they're in a herd they're, they're fine, but um, so they they were just keeping an eye on it and, and all that sort of stuff. We're like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, and then then Pastor Arjun showed us a, a little clip off YouTube, which I'm not going to talk to you about, but it didn't end happy for a, a certain person. And uh, we're like, oh, okay, oh, jeez, that's bit. So we're all, all a little bit nervous about these elephants now. And so then then we got back to 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 the uh, accommodation, and um, someone um, had on their phone uh, a YouTube clip of an elephant noise, and can can remotely turn on the UE Mega Boom from their phone, which happened to be in Jason's bag. <laughs> and uh, but the person who had the phone thought it was actually in Pastor Tico's bag. And didn't realize that Jason had it. If they realized that Jason had it, I'm sure that person would have been a much better friend. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, so this person turned it up, this, uh, the, it up as loud as it could go and, and pushed play. And you just heard this massive elephant noise coming from the bathroom. <laughs> anyway. So, so um, he may, may have PTSD, or I'm not sure. But um, again, just great to have another awesome person 
on the team. And so can we welcome Jason? Yeah. It's a good thing I was in the bathroom at that moment. <laughs> Let's just leave it there. <laughs> hey, the other awesome thing about India, can I just share before I get into the word? Um, and Nicole, can you show off your top, the other top? Show the whole church. Yeah, go the offbeat. So the, so the awesome thing about India is they clap on the offbeat. I was always clapping in time with somebody. <laughs> hey, but, um, but what I want to share about tonight um, is continuing on, um, on what we've already heard, really, but also from uh, Rick Warren's uh, book, um, The Purpose Driven Life. He talks um, in the book about um, the importance of mission. And so tonight, um, he identifies six importance. But I want to share about three of them with you. Just the ones that um, over the last fortnight, uh, just being in India, and I guess the lead up uh, to going into India, really spoke uh, to me uh, and left something on my heart. So uh, tonight, that's what I'd like to do. Um, and so he starts off with, um, your mission is a wonderful privilege. Um, and Paul says it like this in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20, from the NIV version. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And you know, being in India, it was an awesome privilege uh, to get to see uh, what's happening, to be part of part of that, to, to partner with Pastor Benu and Dina uh, and their team, uh, just as Christ is doing some, some incredible things. Uh, and you think of uh, the likes of a, an Olympic team. And so one of the, um, the roles on the Olympic team is the, uh, the flag bearer, uh, the person chosen out of all of the team uh, to represent the team, to represent the country as they enter uh, into the stadium. And, you know, when we go on mission, whether it's, um, whether it's in India or whether it's in our world here in Dunedin, in our workplace, we're actually getting to fly the flag of Christ. Um, what an incredible privilege. Uh, but also with that, we actually get to um, the privilege of co-laboring uh, with Jesus Christ himself uh, to do an amazing thing in somebody else's life. You know, just um, for a moment, just reflect on your own journey with Christ. You know, we, we were um, once lost, but then we were saved. Through our relationship with Jesus, uh, we've become part of this great global family. We've been blessed. We've been healed. We've seen breakthrough in our life. And, you know, that same Jesus that did all that for us, he now wants to co-labor with us as we go and do that for other people. You know, someone once co-labored with him uh, for us. So can I encourage you tonight? Uh, to, to know the importance uh, of mission, to understand uh, that it is a wonderful privilege. Um, and as, um, as has already been uh, shared tonight, you know, each of us within that 
um, we have a unique role to play. And it's kind of like in uh, 2 Corinthians 12, in talking about the body of Christ. And so together as a team, you know, we go as a body of Christ, but, but each of us has a part to play. You know, there's the foot, there's the, the ear, there's the eye, there's the nose. Um, because what that is, is each of us uh, is able to, to share to someone else. Our, our testimony uh, that we share will impact uh, someone else uh, that others cannot reach in that moment. And it was incredible just, you know, seeing uh, the reaction um, of people who, who we were ministering to um, and, you know, how they connected with various people uh, within the team. So, you know, uh, you may not be uh, the, the preacher, but you've got a story to share. And can I encourage you in that? That that brings the faith and the hope uh, into someone else's life. The second point is uh, telling others about Christ is the single best thing we can do for them. Salvation, Acts uh, 4, verse 12. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. You know, sometimes um, in a moment uh, when watching a few conspiracy programs, you know, Netflix, I'm on a journey. <laughs> um, but I've, I start wondering myself, you know, is there some organization, is there some person uh, who may be sitting on a breakthrough or a cure to some of the world's worst illnesses, diseases, uh, situations? And, you know, just how, you know, unjust, how unfair is that? But then, you know, the, the other question um, is, are we also sometimes sitting on the promise of Jesus? Are we withholding something that we could impart to someone else to make their life so much better? Come on. You know, and one of my favorite um, moments, like has already been shared uh, on the trip, was just actually seeing uh, what Jesus is doing in people's world. And so I just want to, um, the team's just going to bring up uh, one or two pictures, and I'm just going to share, um, share about them. Uh, so this here is at the um, Kolkata Treehouse, the boys' home. Uh, so these boys have um, grown up without mum and dad. Uh, but just hearing them share uh, on, on kind of some of their journey, but also uh, Pastor Tico spoke about dreams and asked each of them, you know, what is your dream? What, what job do you want to do, do? And, you know, we all heard so many, you know, doctor, uh, nurse, engineer, civil engineer. Well, this little guy here, this guy here, he's going to be an astronaut. Come on, come on. As, we, as, as Jesus comes into people's lives, it brings something that, that nothing else can bring. It brings hope, it brings faith, it brings the belief that no matter my circumstances at the moment, I can believe for something more. No matter my situation, I can believe for something more. And it's all because someone came and shared the story of the gospel. They shared their testimony with them. Come on, can I encourage you tonight the importance of mission, the importance of mission. Third thing is the internal significance of mission. You know, John 3, 16 to 17. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. 
For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Shall not perish, but have eternal life. Your mission, when we, we share the gospel, when we share our testimony, when we encourage someone, we change the destiny of their life. We have an eternal destiny. Um, during one of the, the evening meetings that we went to, um, God just showed me this, this image uh, of a, a ball rolling in a, in a particular direction. And those who know, know physics will, will understand this. Uh, but another ball comes across and hits it, and it sends it off in another direction. And it's kind of like, you know, when you go on mission, that's what you can do for someone else's life. So it may be going in this direction, but you can change the trajectory of their life to the eternal promise. So come on. But... Cool. Um, but, you know, and this is, I think, this is one of the most... Um, critical things is this, you know, the eternal significance, the fact that uh, as we go out and as we partner with people, as we, um, as we share our experiences with them, um, and they make that, that decision to commit their life to Christ, to be reconciled with the Father, um, that that is another person that is going to heaven. And the enemy will do anything to distract us from that. Uh, you know, not just the, the bad stuff, uh, but the enemy will be quite happy to let us um, believe that, you know, if we keep on doing other good stuff, um, it's fine. Um, you know, in the lead up to going to India, you know, the, my to-do list was getting bigger. Um, there are a whole lot of people I wanted to be able to catch up with. And even, you know, as I was saying goodbye to Jed, you know, and he gives me this great big hug and he says, I need you to stay. Um, you know, all of these, these good things, being a dad, being, um, you know, a ministry in the church, but actually, you know, sometimes we need to dedicate that time to going on, on mission, um, to not let ourselves uh, get distracted. So, you know, please do hear my heart on this. I'm not trying to say that, you know, it's a both and thing. Okay, so, so ministry and, and um, a mission. The other um, story I wanted to share with you, if we can put up that other picture is um, of this guy here, 19 years old. I got to meet him uh, at the, the Sunday uh, church service in Kolkata. And so he grew up um, with a um, number of learning difficulties. Um, he was um, failing at school. Um, and because of that, um, his, his teachers uh, were, were beating him out of frustration. Um, at times, his parents were beating him out of frustration because he wasn't getting the grades that they expected. Uh, but he came, um, someone met with him, uh, shared their testimony, and through that, he came into a relationship with Jesus Christ. He was healed of his learning difficulties, and he's now getting A's in physics <laughs> at university. Come on, it's important. What we do is important. Sharing our story is important. 
sharing the gospel is important. So just as the team come up and as I hand back to, to Pastor Will, can I just share a couple of statistics with you? Within the world, about 32% identify as being of Christian faith. India, 2.3%. Here in Dunedin, just 40%. Come on, we've got some work to do. We've got a mission to complete. Thank you. Awesome, why don't we stand to our feet? I think really the only response tonight is, is to worship God. And I've asked the team to do that song, Here I Am to Worship. You know, uh, we don't worship God here tonight just with our hands lifted up. We worship Him tomorrow. We worship Him on Tuesday, Wednesday. We worship Him all through the week. It just looks different. And I think tonight, maybe we just need to let God just check us. Just say, Lord, here I am to worship. Your worship could save someone this week. Worship could be just loving someone. Worship could be praying for someone. Worship could be just saying, hey, I noticed you weren't feeling good today. Is there anything I can do? Hey, I'd love to pray with you. Maybe our desire as we sing this chorus and a few times is actually saying, Lord, let my whole life worship you. Come on, let's sing. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equippers Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipperschurch.com.